This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Well, good morning. Good morning. By the way, I think today will be open line Friday. Do we have that facility? Today? Yeah, we'll have the lines open today. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Man Cave inside the Mellon Law Studio. One of our great sponsors, 50 years of experience, the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. Midland Law won't back down. And, of course, we're protected by crime prevention, cpss.net. We did have a flicker on our power here a little bit ago. I don't anticipate that happening again. If we do have it, you'll know what happened. It takes a little while to reboot it. I don't know what's going on. There's no storm right now. And I'll report the weather at the uh, bottom of the hour. But um, it is what it is. It's... Um, Climate change, climate warming, warming, globing, whatever. Um, we are here today, and I've titled today's show because there's been so much going on locally, statewide, and nationally about this that I decided why not just do a show on uh, wokeness. Um, everybody, I, I'm assuming you all have heard the term uh, woke. A woke is basically wake up to the systematic racism and white supremacy of the country. That's uh, good morning, Tim from Sandusky, Ohio. Um, that's basically what woke is. Wake up to the fact that America is a systematic racist country dominated by white supremacy. And that blather has been put out for quite some time now. And <laughs> It's, it's, there's pushback. There's bound to be pushback when somebody says it's all or nothing and wants to claim that uh, that's the case without anybody able to refute it. Well, we're beginning some, to get some pushback. But the local scene is quite dynamic right now in terms of exclusion housing or exclusion housing. This, you know, language... <laughs> I'm an English professor, okay? And you always try to impress upon the students the importance of words. And I think finally, ironically, some people are beginning to realize how important words are because we've been inundated with this diversity and inclusion for so long that it's infiltrated and embedded in all aspects of our institutions. And I'm going to go through those today with you, and you're perfectly willing or able to call into our line. Let's put up that number, if we can, production, so they can see what number to call. You can call anytime you want to and tee off on this theme and make your comments, and I'll be sure to be educated by you. Um, the uh, Welcome, host. You are now in the host room and can manage your callers from the call-in studio web interface. Okay, we got that number. I think we'll put the number up where you can see it here soon uh, <clears throat> and uh, make a prominent position of it here in our chat column. And um, this is all up to you to use it. We don't go calling you. You can call us. 
Hello, Matt Cannon. Haven't seen you in so long. Um, wokeness, systemic racism and white supremacy have ruined, as we, as we say in the country, uh, according to the woke advocates, the nation's moral fiber. I guess that's where they're going with this. So it has come into, of all things, the conversation in housing. And I got to tell you, I was watching with uh, interest, even though I don't live in Gainesville, thankfully. I was watching this whole conversation. And basically, it's being pushed by just a handful of people that we've got to cram in the neighborhoods, places that are not really single family. That's basically the issue. And I want to emphasize here, since we're talking about language, the word family, family. Single family housing. <clears throat> now, what comes to mind for guys of my generation uh, maybe is no longer available to these new young people. And they may not have any memory of it, although probably their parents were raised in it if they have parents. Um, and that is a three, two, um, a three, a two <clears throat> was a real luxury. If you had two baths, I remember that was a step up in suburbia. Uh, a three-one could often be had, and then you had the problem of everybody waiting on the same bathroom facilities. So a three-two was a step up, uh, and uh, you may probably you could have had a garage. Uh, carports didn't really come along till later, I suppose. But if you had a three-two with a garage, you were really doing well. But you had a family and then you had a yard in which you could have a dog in which you could have a swing and your children could play there and not be uh, run over by the cars or uh, uh, tampered with by somebody who is sharing the space with you stacked up on top of you in a quadruplex and no yard and lots of parking because parking's going to have to increase, you see, <clears throat> excuse me, when you have that intensification of units you're going to have to put the vehicle somewhere unless you labor under this notion of that everybody's going to be pedaling something, a bicycle or uh, whatever, or taking regional transit, which doesn't work. We know we're down 55 drivers. Uh, we're cutting bus routes. So there's all these things that don't uh, compute. And so yet we've got four people on that city commission. And the worst thing we ever did with that city commission was make it seven. Um, we got four people on there. The communist uh, Cuban, um, who really doesn't have any experience with neighborhoods here. Um, um, the Hayes Santos dude, who, if you examine his deposition, I don't think he ever slept in the same place twice. Although Jim Connish tried to establish that and failed, that the guy didn't really live, quote unquote, in his district. Um, so you've got all these people who are going to tell many, many, many times more than they what's good for them. And, you know, I've, I get conversations with people from around uh, different parts of the culture. And yesterday I had lunch and it was the topic of conversation about how disgusted uh, the people I was with. And there were about a dozen of us at this lunch how disgusted people are with the offensive moral superiority. I know better than thee 
about what's good for you uh, attitude of the commission. Now, there's one interesting character in this, and that's Banana Pudding, Harvey Ward, who is regarded by most people as a bully. Um, uh, he seems to have, since he's running for mayor, wet his finger and put it in the air and kind of voted against it, if I count these heads correctly. But the problem is that you can't ever trust that to be the, the, the end uh, commitment because I think he's one of these fellows who will, you know, be politically astute enough to try to take care of himself first. But the others are members of, but trust me, how low can you go? Bowtie Poe, um, the uh, boy named Lauren. Trust me, they're all disciples of the wokeism. They really have swallowed that, as we say, hook, line, and sinker. They believe totally. I will assure you, if like a pineapple, you could cleave open the skull of these people and examine the internal workings, you would find that they all have the same programming and wiring that they have. They believe in their bones, in their bones, that America's rotten. And, and, and really, wokeism is simply another word for thou, the, the race car. Wokeism is the race car because it is based upon the two things that a white supremacists have created systemic. Might as well call it systematic. I mean, it's everywhere. The two words are almost interchangeable. Racism. This is in some DNA of the country. <clears throat> if you examine the really bright black thinkers, they will tell you I don't have any endorsement of that crap. I don't believe in it. And it holds me back because it depicts me as a victim. And I'm not a victim. I, I don't want to be uh, paternalized. I don't want to be uh, somehow seen as weak or crippled. I'm, I'm, I can do it myself. Just don't, you know, get out of the way and let me go. And there, there they are, <clears throat> as Thomas Sowell says, if you want to stop so-called racism, stop talking about it. But you see, that doesn't serve the political objective of the wokists. Um, and this wokeism is all through the universities. I, have, I was part of that one. And I heard a commentary, sadly enough, yesterday from somebody who says, Ward, when was the last time you were at Santa Fe? I said, well, I haven't been there since 2012. Well, let's see what, maybe 2017. So a good number of years. And <clears throat> he said, you wouldn't know it now. It is so left of left. And I said, wait a minute, now hold on. It's always been left. But now it's left of left? Well, that doesn't really surprise me. Um, the, the, it's, in the, it's in academic institutions that, that uh, establish the curriculum, establish the reading list, establish the, it's all add up, it's add up the law schools, it's add up the judicial system. It certainly has a, a ruined, if you will, uh, I love that word ruined, uh, which is really ruined, corrupted into a, kind of a rule version. It's ruined the FBI. It's ruined the Department of Justice. Uh, and people have been wondering, where is the pushback going to come from? Where is the pushback going to come from? 
Well, we had pushback, I'm told, and I watched and I uh, was told by uh, a lot of people, what all, for once, white and black have united in the city of Gainesville. Uh, Cynthia Chestnut is on the same side as those who are for neighborhoods. She's for neighborhoods. Black folks want neighborhoods. I mean, that gives them their cultural identity. Um, you know, they want to do well, too. They don't want to be dragged down by government subsidies in the middle of their places where they've worked hard to establish their own kind of backyard, if you will, dog and swing. Um, and yet the, 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 the god and goddesses on the mountaintop don't hear anything. So if you want to be holding your breath for a while, you still got to go some, through some readings. And I'm telling you, it's going to play into the election. Uh, Tuesday on the Ward Scott Files, we'll have another candidate for the city commission who contacted me, who wanted to be on the show. I said, sure, come on. Let people know who you are and what you're all about. Um, I don't have to agree with the people politically. I'm a forum. And you get to see them and make up your mind. And, hey, if they don't contact me, why, I don't go looking for them. So the uh, the, the the perplexing thing is, is anybody ever, ever, ever uh, going to stand up to this um, obsession with diversity and inclusion and wokeness? And by golly, along comes a man on a white horse. And I was riding down the highway yesterday when my com- communication system started buzzing and snapping and crackling. And I'll be darned if Governor DeSantis wasn't removing the state attorney of the Fifth Circuit, I think it is, in Hillsboro, a guy named Warren, who has ties, by the way, here in Gainesville. I'm not going to elaborate on that. Uh, but who's been a woke state attorney. Now, we know that there has been this infiltration of the money uh, by Soros, who has been deliberately, and he wrote a column that was published in the Wall Street Journal the other day. He made no uh, bones about it, that he was giving money to woke causes. Now, this guy's a Hungarian. And by the way, if you go take a look at Hungary, they can't stand him. Hungary wants the the most uh, severe borders. They want their national identity uh, 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 kept intact. They can't stand the guy. And he has been financing these state attorney races because he shrewdly thought that if I can, that's the way I can break down um, the country because uh, if they don't, these state attorneys who might finance uh, don't, uh, uh, like Zuckerberg finance the, the Zuckerbucks finance the absentee ballots, if, if these guys don't choose to, you remember, let me, let me just refresh you on something. You hear this cliche, we're a nation of laws. No, we're a nation of laws that we choose to uh, prosecute. And and that's a whole different story. And what you do in a culture is you load, you overload it with laws. So you have a lot of choices. They're like, they're like magazines for your uh, pistol. The more rounds it holds, the more choices you have. Um, and in and, and, and your target selection. So you're not going to run out of ammo. 
So when you overload the books with laws, then you can give the prosecutors the opportunity to enforce them or not enforce them. Here locally, Kramer, who is a Republican, is supporting Cornell, who is a Democrat, and Cornell is being deposed in the Bossart Grotos situation, which is under the auspices of Kramer. Now, this is, I'm just going to give you a clue. These are the facts. I'm just going to give you a clue. That's a ticking time bomb. Kramer may not know it. And I know for sure that Kramer took the position that as a state attorney, he was insulated from the governor. Well, hello. Hello here now. Let's not be so sure of that. Because along on the white horse came DeSantis, who listened to the sheriffs in that area who said, we're fed up with catching the bad guys. And the judges or the prosecutors or the collective legal system letting them go again. I sit on the board of Crime Stalkers. I hear this every time we meet. The guy, the bad guy we catch, it ain't his first rodeo. And this whole thing about Brianna Taylor, bless her heart, you got to remember that these bad men will push their will on good women. I know of an instance where there was a business that had a black young lady working at the cash register, a trusted person. The business was owned by liberal people. Well, there was money that started disappearing from the cash register and the other investors in the business went to the owners. I mean, by owners, I mean, they own part of it, went to and managed it. So they were owner managers and went to them and said, listen, you've got, we can't, somebody's stealing money. We think it's an inside job. Have you checked with your cashier? Well, no, that cashier to these liberal manager owners was above reproach, okay? And indeed, as an individual, she was a pleasant lady. I knew her. She was always there on time. Uh, she did her job. But lo and behold, hold, she flunked the heck out of the truth of meter. And guess what she was doing? She had a boyfriend who was a scoundrel. And so she was slipping a little bit here and a little bit there out of the till to support his cocaine business. Now you go figure. If the law had come looking for that character in her house, all bets are off if that character resists. So what do you do? Do you listen to the mobs in the streets? Do As a state attorney, do you listen to the political winds? As in the case of a Republican state attorney supporting a Democrat county commissioner? Or do you, do you, do you, do you to whom do you answer? And it's ironic because yesterday morning I was asked by some people, who do state attorneys answer to? And I said, upon a little bit of research, and I did this just before the show, apparently no one. 
Apparently no one. Well, as life will have it, I'm riding down the road and I get the answer. The state attorney's answer to the governor. Now they can appeal to the Senate, I understand, but that ain't going to get them anywhere. So lo and behold, DeSantis comes in and pushes back on wokeism. He uses the word woke. He says this guy is a woke state attorney. He is selecting himself against the will of the state what he wants to support. And what he won't support, and the sheriffs are frustrated, the community is frustrated. Now, of course, you're going to hear all the woke people say, oh, my golly, DeSantis is a dictator, this, that, one, another. I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to say, game on. Game on. If you're going to push the wokeism, there's now going to be people pushing back against the wokeism. You see it at the school boards. You see it, you're beginning to see it everywhere. This school board race is at up with incumbents who are woke. They're obsessed with one thing, not education. They're not obsessed with education, the three R's. They're obsessed with racial balance. That's what they're obsessed with. At the expense of meritocracy. At the expense of emphasizing excellence, they want to emphasize equality. I got to tell you, a grading system by its definition does not emphasize equality. The A guy is definitely different from the C person. And the system should discover that and so appropriately designate to the outside world that case. Otherwise, the C person ends up operating on you in the hospital and the A person ends up driving the truck. And that's not the way society, I would think, wants it. But there's this bunch who thinks, oh, man, that C person can operate on you as well as that A person could have. And you see this going on all over um, the culture. I mean, it is amazing. I'm, you know, in the midnight auto yard here, uh, I've just gone through and taken a look. Here's it. Medical ed- education goes woke. I think I mentioned this the other day. Medical education, which I was just talking about. The woke domination. This is the Wall Street uh, Journal, July 27th. So it's about a week ago. The woke education, medical education, okay, of higher American higher education doesn't seem confined to the English department. And, you know, that's kind of a joke because I was an English major. So we know the English department is full of wokeism because we've got all these people who have taken the position that Shakespeare's an old dead white guy. And therefore, you know, we all we need to study some other culture. No, no other culture's got a Shakespeare, but you've heard this crap. I've had to put up with this crap. But now it's infiltrated the hard sciences. And this is all through the discussions of climate change and this bit, all that crap you hear. So now this article focuses on how woke politics has infected 
nice verb, the medical education. Uh, the Association of American Medical Colleges is a nonprofit organization based in Washington, and it represents and advises medical schools. And it also has influence with the Liaison Committee on Medical Education. And the national accreditor sets the med school standards. So when the AAMC tells schools to revise how they teach, America's future physicians get taught how that advice says they could be taught. And here is, don't, these words are not new to you. The AAMC released a report that's the Association of American Medical Colleges recently released a report describing, are you ready for this? I, I mean, I, I, the new quote, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion competencies that medical students and residents will be expected to master. Now, how I ask you, pray tell, do you master an inclusion competency? But practicing physicians who work at teaching hospitals are going to be required to undergo this form of political re-education. And so what you have to remember, for those of you who are watching, who know that communism is one of the character, as, as it's one of its characteristics, political re-education camps, Hey, my friends, you've got it in your medical schools. At the starting point, aspiring doctors, according to the review here in the journal about 10 days ago, aspiring doctors will have to become fluent in woke concepts. And here is what a woke concept, according to the Association of American Medical colleges is. It defines an overlapping system of oppression and discrimination that communities face based on, are you ready for this, my friends, race, gender, ethnicity, ability. So medical students are now being taught how to adapt to critical race theory. And they're going to be immersed in this re-education in medical school. I'm not making this stuff up, okay? You know, when I get into this kind of thing, I go research it, and I take a look at what the respected communications forums have to say about this. Um, this, this bothers me because, let me tell you, I've taught them. Oh, I don't know, maybe 40,000 students. I don't know. I never, you know, it's amazing. One time I was getting a, a myelogram. I was having a back operation. This has been a number of years ago. I was being rolled into the examination room by a young man in the gown uh, who was going to be participating in this procedure. And I looked up. And it had been one of my students. He had been one of my students. And I got to tell you, my friends, 
I said, hold on, hold on. Don't push that gurney another inch forward, my man, until I go over in my mind, my grade book, and see what grade I gave you. Because I'll guarantee you, my friends, if I gave that young man a C who was rolling me into that room, I would have crawled off of that table. Fortunately, in this case, I looked up in my grade book, in my mind, and he was an A student. I looked at him and smiled and said, you know, I just looked you up in my grade book and you got an A, didn't you? He said, I sure did. I said, I am turning myself over to your care and I'm perfectly comfortable with it. That's the way it ought to be, my friends. That's the way it ought to be. So when aspiring doctors have to learn that race is a social construct that is a cause of health care inequities, it's not a disease, not a disease. And it's a form of oppression and an obstacle to privilege. Then if we make every medical diagnosis contingent upon political and sociological analysis, my friends, you could be rolled into that operating room by somebody who not only did not get the A, but by somebody who flunked. I'm going to take a break now at the bottom of the hour in the Ward Scott Files, looking for a call from somebody who is dare will stick his head out of the foxhole. You're right back in just a moment. On August 11th, our restaurant Spurrier's Gridiron Grill will be celebrating our one-year anniversary, and we're inviting you to Celebration Point. Proceeds from the event will go to the Ronald McDonald House, and we'll have a spread of your favorite Spurrier dishes, as well as special guests, but you have to get a reservation. So go to Spurrier's.com right now and reserve your spot before it sells out. And thank you for a super first year. Go Gators! Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Maurice T. McDaniel, Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com. 
and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. All right. Thanks to Lou, uh, Lewis Oil here. We're going to give you a awards weather report. I like that. I'm just looking at that. It's uh, really it's brought to us by... Of course, um, Lewis Oil, my good friends, uh, Wendell Lewis. Well, I got to tell you, my friends, as I was outside yesterday taking care of the cattle, and uh, um, it's hot. I mean, I don't know how else to report it here in the piney woods of north central Florida in God's country. It's supposed to get up to about 91 today here, but it's really going to feel once again like 103. And it's uh, going to feel like 101 in the shade, even as way you're going to, it's what. You know, I like these numbers that say um, what it's going to feel like because it, it means who cares what the actual temperature is. With the humidity and all that, this is what it's going to feel like and with no wind or anything. So every once in a while, there's a big thunder boomer comes through and it, it really doesn't bring a lot of relief. It's in my, it always feels very, very warm. Humidity is very, very high. Um, so that makes for the most uncomfortable decision, um, uh, situations. If you happen to be watching the Washington Open in tennis, uh, even those well-conditioned young athletes are um, succumbing to the heat. D.C. is incredibly hot in the summertime. And in these tennis tournaments, you're inside a concrete canyon generally with the stands on either side of you. And sometimes there's no circulation of wind. And then you've got obviously the asphalt of the courts. And so the temperature can get way up there, 110, 115. And, um, some very good athletes have had to retire in uh, D.C. because of the heat there. I'm kind of sensitive to that sort of situation, having played a lot of tennis and having been a uh, chair umpire in tennis, how much that heat can matter. Um, it, it, it is, uh, of course, it, the weather all over the country is, is, um, it, it is really, how shall we say it, uh, spotty. You know, it's... Um, um, Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky gets flooded out, then it gets oppressive, it gets oppressive uh, uh, um, heat. Uh, the West burns up. Um, we're going to have high temperatures even up into Minnesota that will, of course, having freezing temperatures before long um, in, in just a couple, three months. So we uh, have to do the best we can, plus the Longation of this is probably going to last another month at least. Even into September, it will still be 
pretty doggone warm. So right now we haven't had any precipitation in our area for at least 60 minutes. And now we clock it off of the, uh, about 8.36 a.m. on. So um, I see from Plantation Market, uh, okra is the only thing that likes this hot weather. It's uh, it's tough. I mean, it's very tough. Here, uh, we get enough rain, we can grow the grass for the cattle. So that's uh, one comforting thing about all this. Thanks to Lewis Oil for supporting our weather report. It's um, not a very diverse, if you will, weather system right now across this northern hemisphere. So try to, uh, sometimes you can get up. I got some friends who contacted me from the mountains, of course, North Carolina up in there. They're getting a little cooler. So you might be able to get out of town, which used to be the old rhythm before the air conditionings. You know, we go to the beach here in this area in the summer or we go up in the mountains in North Carolina and then come back here for the fall. That was kind of the best rhythm of all. But we're talking today about this phenomenon known as a woke uh, woke, just to remind you if you're just tuning in. By the way, our calling line is 352-707-9101. Uh, woke is, a common, uh, is, is systemic racism and white supremacy. And I just reported how it's been all over the place, even into the military schools. Now, um, there is a, a document which I subscribe to and I support. I support Hillsdale College, which is, takes no government money and relies on being supported by um, people like me and you and people who believe in, in um, that sort of uh, um, in, in, in independence from government manipulation. Uh, they put out a publication called Primus, and they have a man named uh, Thomas Spur, who I think I'm saying it right, S-P-O-E-H-R. He is the director of the Center for National Defense at the Heritage Foundation. He was in the Army for 36 years, and he became a lieutenant general. Um, he uh, is um, um, in many leadership roles, and he's, he's written. Um, he served also with the 82nd Airborne and uh, the 1st Armored Division. So he's been some of the professors I had. In, in military school, which I learned an awful lot about. I really am very, very pleased with what I learned, surprisingly, at military school. But um, now comes a military that he has written about that isn't anything like what it was when I went to military school. Um, I know, I know, I know, I know. Now at my military school where I was, we have females. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. That wouldn't, have, that wouldn't have gone over too well with me simply because I wanted to be with the Spartan warriors and tough guys who could go into the toughest places and do the toughest things. Um, not that, you know, some of the women maybe could have, but let's talk frankly and honestly. No, very few. And Lieutenant uh, Spore has written about, uh, Lieutenant General Spore has written about this. And I thought I'd share it with you how wokeism has affected our military because he knows. He says the largest threat to the military is the weakening of the, of, the, of the fabric of it by this radical progressive woke policies, which are being imposed uh, not from within by military leaders, 
but by politicians outside the military for ideological reasons. And so what effect does that have on our readiness has been analyzed by Lieutenant General Spur. And now he says that wokeness in the military is ingrained. Um, and he feels that having been, of course, in it for 36 years and, and in various roles that he's been in, that this has directly jeopardized our readiness and that the senior military leadership has very little alternative but to comply. That's troublesome, you know, because in our setup, the commander in chief is a civilian. It is the president. And the classic example of this in my lifetime was the confrontation between General MacArthur and President Truman. And we had all that blood, sweat, and tears, as they say, invested in the Pacific theater and the war with the Japanese over Pearl Harbor, which we came out of for bloody, bloody uh, combat, victorious. And we really had too much invested there to simply leave. Now, one of the things MacArthur did do is he went back to Japan and helped Japan become independent again because Truman told MacArthur, and we did not beat Japan to make Japan subservient to us. Imagine that. I mean, imagine Russia saying that. Imagine Russia saying that to Ukraine. Okay. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Ward. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit. Yes, Are sir. You there? Yes, sir. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about woke military. I heard a good one this morning. And, of course, being in the military for 30 years, I had dealings with what uh, the military calls Natick, which uh, is up in New England somewhere. They do, do all the design on uniforms and the material specifications, do all the testing and buying of the military uniforms. But now the Army is designing a combat bra for the Come women. On. Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this, this was a very good uh, dissertation by my morning talk show guy. So this thing is uh, made to fit under comfortably under a, a bulletproof vest. It's uh, rugged and uh, would be somewhat fire resistant and stuff. And I just got a real kick out of that uh, listening to Casey talk about that this morning. He said it'll probably cost a fortune. <laughs> well, you were in the military for 30 years. And how do you – it wasn't anything the way – when you were in the way, I'm learning it is from the Primus article, I'm sure. Oh, no, I, I come up when uh, you had regulation, chief's initiation, and uh, they did everything but make you die before they uh, pinned your anchors on you. And now it's uh, been watered down so much. And we even uh, put a couple of female chiefs uh, through the same initiation when I was up in uh, uh, Groton, Connecticut. So uh, the old school uh, women in there, they had to take the same – crap as the men did <laughs> but uh I, I that's one reason uh when biden got elected i called my grandson who was working for amazon at the time and i told him don't you join because the marines and the navy had been after him and uh now he's up there and uh living uh in colonial heights just above petersburg making about eighty thousand dollars a year he's 20 years old 
So I, I said, uh, that was a good move. And, uh, sorry, I missed the last three days, but, uh, just too many doctor's appointments overwhelm us. So I'll let you go, Ward, and uh, listen to what everybody else has to say. Uh, great to hear from you, Mark. And thanks so much for helping with the show. You're a great supporter. And Mark uh, had 30-some years in the Navy, so um, he's seen a change. I've seen a change. Uh, when I was in my military school and I went back, uh, there were curtains on the window of where my old room was. I don't know. It just kind of made me feel weird. But uh, according to Lieutenant General Spur. Um, this wokeness is undermining the readiness of the military. I just talked a moment ago how one medical observer has stated that it's undermining the, how shall I say this, the, the, the quality of physicians. Um, so uh, this is also uh, uh, not just in the military um, because they're emphasizing, once again, race, ethnicity, and sex. Um, now, you know, it's not, uh, uh, you, you know, you're getting promoted on merit is not the way in which promotion occurs. There has to be a certain quota requirement. And, um, you know, we have compromised combat readiness for these political ideologies. Now, uh, here's a couple examples. Um, in 2015, the Secretary of the Navy, Ray Mammoth, rejected out of hand a Marine Corps study concluding that gender-integrated combat formations did not move as quickly or shoot as accurately, and that women were twice as likely as men to suffer combat injuries. Uh, at the the uh, Secretary of the Navy then uh, rejected this because it did not comport with the Obama administration's political agenda. Uh, that same year, the Department of Defense opened all combat jobs in the U.S. military to women, and the Secretary of Defense, Ashton Carter, committed to, quote-unquote, gender-neutral standards, end quote, to ensure that female service members could meet the demanding rigors, which Mark just alluded to, involved in qualifying for combat. Now, you take a look, by the way, at some of these combat soldiers on foot. And I got to tell you, I know the weight. They got a pack on there. They've got some uh, munition supplies of you know, food. Uh, they've got their weapon. They're carrying, I would say, around at least 75 pounds and, and walking and walking. So um, one of my buddies who was a uh, Marine Corps uh, uh, lifetime uh, gunner, master gunner sergeant, uh, been everywhere, told me one time when I interviewed him on the radio that I can find you a woman who can hang with us. But do you want me to spend the money to do that? Because I'd have to go through about a thousand women to find one who could do that. Do you want me to spend the money on that? Just to, to subscribe to some political ideology? Well, of course, yes, the politicians do. Isn't it weird? So there, uh, you have this uh, uh, this, de this gender dysphoria. Uh, it's all that in the military undermines the readiness of the battle. Uh, you even got the military saying HIV people can serve in combat zones. Uh, physical fitness, which we just talked about, 
has been a hallmark of being in the military. Uh, but now this concept of leveling the playing field, which really is the platitude and undermines all woke behavior, uh, is now that um, instead of being able to uh, do uh, uh, the push-up number that would have been the standard, uh, they, they keep lowering it and lowering it uh, down to 10, I, I, and they finally take it away. The two-mile run, you can run it more slowly and slowly and slowly. Uh, the the uh, Navy sailors are no, no, no longer known by the traditional job title. They're, um, they have gender neutral titles such as medical technician. Uh, there's even a training video in the Navy, according to the Lieutenant General, that helps sailors understand the proper way of using personal pronouns. Um, the video also instructs the sailors to remember that they need to create a safe space for every. What the heck is a safe space for everybody? I guess that's a place where you won't be bullied. Um, you have to use inclusive language. Uh, instead of saying, uh, uh, hey, guys, you have to say, hey, everybody. I've heard the women say, hey, guys. I, I hear it out at the tennis court. But no. So are the women politically incorrect if they say, hey, guys? I guess they would be. Um, so much of the emphasis of wokeism, according to the Lieutenant General, um, is uh, based upon Marxist tenets of critical race theory. I mean, it's, it's not any big secret. Um, it's, it's, it's the way it's been out there for a long time. So if you're looking for the relationship between Marxist critical race theory and the wokeness philosophy ideology, it's not very difficult to find. Um, so uh, you've got now, instead of a military uh, uh, imperative to build cohesiveness based on common loyalties and training and standards, you have to promote uh, the absence of discrimination and you have to, and that's what you would have been doing. You would have had discrimination in the old standard, would you not? You can't take it. You're not in this group. I was in a, 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 an elite drill team platoon in the, in the military school that every semester it had room for maybe one more person because one guy would graduate maybe from the institution, maybe one or two. And we might have 100 guys try out for it, and only one would be selected. And I was selected. I was on that elite drill team. And we went all over the South, accompanying cotillions and debutantes and in the parades and all that thing. And we did all that highly skilled um, crack silent order stuff you see with uh, drill teams or used to see anyway. Uh, but now, you know, I guess that would be bad because that was that was strictly you were strictly. Uh, selected because you were superior, not because everybody was the same. They didn't go looking for everybody to be the same. They would go looking for somebody who, and what I learned in military school was that you go into battle and you want to go with other guys who have been trained to the ninth degree, and there your chances of survival are better. It's just like going to the shooting range. I don't like going to the range with guys who got sloppy habits. I mean, I don't want to be around them. I only want to go to the range. I don't only want to go to a range that has very high standards. 
of safety. I don't want to go someplace where you get swept. So this whole idea of uh, training and standards is now being replaced by um, this equity and inclusion. I apologize for having fun with that word. I just have to. It's, it's, it's so goofy to me. Um, the other thing that the, uh, is buried in this Marxist, Marxist theory is that capitalism is essentially racist. Now, you're hearing this everywhere. You're hearing it everywhere now by the woke. Oh, my golly, America is wicked because colonial powers developed it. And colonial powers had slaves. And so the capitalistic financial system is basically racist. Never mind that uh, the basketball player gets, well, I think he's a damn near billionaire, uh, a black basketball player. Uh, you know, what is that all about? You know, Shaquille O'Neal has all kinds of companies. I mean, what are you talking about? I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. So in the theories of Marxism, to, to be um, anti-racist is to be anti-capitalist. And so anti-capitalist is communist. You're a communist if you're anti-capitalist. Um, so um, this whole extremism in the ranks, uh, just as in the medical schools and just as in the other academic areas. Now, we've got pushback. This is my point. We've got the governor on a white horse who went down there to Hillsborough County and removed the, the state attorney Warren because he was absolutely all over wokeness and taking it upon himself to select and reject whatever he decided to prosecute. Abortion among one of those. Um, so we've got a guy here as a governor. And by the way, can you imagine what this state would have been like as Gillum as a governor? Can you just imagine? It's incredible. Meanwhile, China and the military is developing hypersonic weapons, quantum computing, all kinds of sophisticated military technologies, and taking over the building islands and creeping out to Taiwan. And we know what wokeness means to Putin. Putin is just decides the West is too weak and to consume with things that don't make much difference, that um, he'll just march through Europe. And he thinks he can get away with it. <clears throat> Watch for Biden because of this affliction to wokeness. Watch how he rolls out all the, you know, this thing about this basketball player, Brittany Griner. I mean, she's guilty as can be. And she's walked off the court during the national anthem. And yet now she wants to come home. You know, and Biden, no doubt, or she'll no doubt take up the whole thing again of racism uh, and all the above. So um, the um, uh, whole situation today that I devoted the show to is um, starts here with four commissioners out of seven, I think it was, yeah, who decided over the protestations of masses of people, black and white, rich and poor, that they did not want their single, their neighborhoods destroyed. And the woke disciples decided we know better than thou. And if we want to destroy it, we will destroy it. Um, 
it'll be interesting to see where that goes from here. Um, we do have this <clears throat> to conclude. You do see this battle going on. Remember that DeSantis waited in on Disney and stripped them of their special tax status. Um, he's not playing. He is going to fight back. And we'll see how that plays out later on the national political scene. But these are culture wars that are involved with big companies like Google and Coca-Cola. Certainly we are involved with it because we've been censored by Facebook and uh, YouTube for daring to utter words that suggest uh, any kind of counter belief or uh, debate about these things. Um, so, so it's um, uh, clearly a situation where I haven't even gotten into how climate change figure, uh, change figures into all of this, uh, the so-called um, uh, climate plans, which we know are unsustainable. Um, the, the, uh, uh, the, the transition to 100% clean electricity by 2035 and net zero emissions by 2050, by all scientific analysis, is unattainable. Um, the, it's economically unsustainable, and uh, it's geographic, geostrategically un unsustainable, and it's probably politically un uh, unsustainable. Maybe. We'll see how it works out. But it's, uh, it depends on who, you know, who gets control of these political institutions. Well, have a great day. I'm headed to the range. I'm going to go out and practice some skills and uh, have a good time with my, my gun buddies. Um, thank you for watching the show, and uh, have a great weekend. Uh, take care. Warthog Command Center out.